wonder if you've not been around, uh, which we tag kingdom addiction. Kingdom addiction. Kingdom addiction. And um, the question we've asked is, what are you addicted to? Are you a kingdom addict? Yeah. Are you a kingdom addict? And I'm going to continue in that same vein this morning, trusting that God will breathe upon his word to bring his light upon someone's heart here this morning and that we will not all remain the same in the precious name of Jesus. Can you join me in your Bibles before I say a prayer? Let's read together uh, from our anchor scripture, Colossians chapter 3, and I'll read from verse 1 to 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 to 3 from the New King James Version. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hid in Christ in God. Lift your right hand with me this morning. Father, we thank you for the entrance of your word today. Let it bring light. Let it bring understanding. Let no one remain the same. Send your healing power to us this morning. Heal someone emotionally. Heal someone physically. Restore a backslider today. Help someone to refocus on the power of the cross. Re-energize someone's spirit today. Help us to lift up the hands that hang down and confirm the feeble knees and make straight path for our faith as we enjoy your presence together. Holy Spirit, have your way in the midst of your people. Prove to us that you are in our midst. Charge someone's heart this morning. Let no one be the same again. In Jesus' precious name. Say a believing amen. amen. From our anchor scripture in Colossians chapter 1, chapter 3, sorry. When you read from verse um, 1 to 3, I want to read verse 1 and 2 from the message translation. You just put it in a way that is um, uh, quite simple and easily digestible. Um, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 to 2 says, So if you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, if you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, it says, Act like it. Pursue the things which Christ pres- uh, 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 pursue the things over which Christ pres- presides. Don't shuffle along. Somebody say, don't shuffle along. It says, don't shuffle along. Eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's, that's where the action is. See things from his perspective. See things from his perspective. See things from his perspective. There's a way we can live our lives that we're always seeing things from the world's perspective. The scripture says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We started last Sunday by discussing kingdom addiction. What does it mean to be addicted to the kingdom of God? We mentioned the fact that there are certain things that are important to Jesus. And you, you, you are only addicted to God's kingdom when the things that are important to God are also important to you. When the things that are important to God are also important to you. So we, 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 we reckon with the fact 
that as, as believers, our perspective uh, to the changes in time and season that we're experiencing in our nation should be shaped by Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. That those, those, everything changing around us, our perspective to them should not be like the perspective of the unbelievers or the people who don't know Jesus. Our perspective should be different. It should be shaped by Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said, all these other things shall be added to you. All these other things shall be added to you. When you focus on walking in covenant with Jehovah, happenings around you will pave into insignificance because you know that God will never lose control in the affairs of a man whose life has been handed over to him. God will never lose control of the affairs of the life of a man who has chosen to walk in covenant with God. The Bible talking about Isaac in the days of the famine. The Bible says that famine was different from the famine in the day, of the days of Abraham. And the Bible says Isaac sowed in the land and in the same year he reaped a hundredfold to the hand that the Philistines started to envy him. That's what can happen, you see, when, when, you, when you are a kingdom addict. When what is going on in your life is hooked onto what is going on around Christ. Environmental, you know, occurrences, the shift around can only work together for your own good. Only two people believe. <laughs> Praise God. I said the shift around can only work together for your own good. Because, like the Bible says here, your life is hidden, Christ, in God. So, we started to look at the profile of a kingdom addict. And that's, that's what I want to dwell on today. If you enjoyed last Sunday, you remember that I think I was only able to pick the first in the profile. We're looking at the profile of a kingdom addict. Why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I want you to be able to put yourself side by side with this profile. You know, when you're looking for a job, they publish the profile or, or the, 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 the example of something similar to the kind of person, you know, that they're looking for. When we look at the profile of a kingdom addict today, uh, I want you to be able to look at it and ask yourself the question, how, oh, how can I place myself? You know, side by side with what is being thrown out this morning. And, and as we discuss these things this morning, I, I trust God that God will shine his light upon your heart in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. I'll say a believing amen. amen. All right, I know it was uh, raining this morning and the rain has stopped, and, uh, but some of us still are still feeling the rain, so you're not preaching with me this morning. I say, say a better amen. amen. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. We started out by saying that the first of the profile of a kingdom addict is that a kingdom addict prays. Uh, How do I put it this morning? His prayer is driven by the things happening around Christ. So he prays a kingdom focused prayer or prays kingdom focused prayers. His prayer is always about. You know, something that is beyond his or our life. Because when you look at the prayer model that Jesus gave us in Matthew chapter 6, I read it last Sunday. I'm just breezing over it so I can go into the next one today. Jesus said, when you pray, pray after this uh, uh, model, after this version. He said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. After all that, now say, give us this day our daily bread. When you see a kingdom addict is looking for someone to pray for, is looking for, is praying for his church, is praying for his nation, is holding up a business in prayer that is not necessarily his business, is holding up an establishment, an industry in prayer, is focused on how the will of God will be done on earth, and which is that all men will dwell in safety. And tranquility that all men will, will, will live well. He's holding up people in prayer. He's praying for the, the, the lost. He's praying for people in pain. You know, some people boast themselves, I mean, they, they, they pride themselves in the, the fact that they could wake up at midnight and pray for three hours. Ask them, what's the content of the prayer? They are busy praying, give us this day our daily bread. It's connected one way or the other to bread. Yeah. Congratulations, you can pray. But you are not yet a kingdom addict until you are selfless, even in prayer. The Bible is replete with examples of people who prayed the kingdom of God into their cities, who prayed the kingdom of God into people's lives, who lived selfless lives, even in their prayer life. I dwelt on that you know, extensively last Sunday. And I'm going to go um, ahead this morning to take another profile of... Um, a kingdom addict. Uh, I hope to be able to do three or four this morning. And then we're going to pray together and trust God uh, as we put ourselves side by side. I, I wanted to, to, to note something this morning. Uh, the Bible says that when we behold 7 Corinthians 3 verse 18, we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a glass the glory of God. It says we are changed, we are transformed from one level of glory to another by the spirit of God. This morning, as we go through this stuff, see them as the mirror through which you are seeing yourself. So you can see how and where, in which direction your life should be transforming. You know, I was saying last Sunday that it's possible for you to just be coming to church, but yet you don't ask yourself the question, am I growing spiritually? What is the state of my emotional well-being? Am I still that same cantankerous person, though I come to church all the time and I say I'm a Christian? If the Spirit of God is not making impact in your spirit, your coming to church is wasted. Yeah. Your, your interaction with Christ is wasted. If the same thing that got you angry last year, that you broke the TV, you still did it this year, nothing has happened in your life. Yeah. I don't care how much you have in your bank account. If you're emotionally bankrupt, you're bankrupt. Because very soon you will do something that will make you lose everything that you have. Why do you think, I said last Sunday, why do you think billionaires commit suicide? Emotional bankruptcy. Spiritual bankruptcy. That's, that is it. Because by the time all your hope in this world is in your bank account, you are finished. Bible talks about wealth that will develop wings and fly away. This is a very, very blessed church. So we're not against uh, wealth. It's very good. You can't be worshipping in this very, I mean, nice auditorium without money. I hope you understand what I'm saying. But we don't put our hope in money. We are for the kingdom. Everything, all that we have, all that we have, all that we will ever become, they're for Jesus. I hope you're still here this morning. We will never put our hope in what is in our bank account. 
You see, when people start to develop headache because your account is going down, that means your hope. Jesus is still alive and well, sitting at the right hand of God. He has not changed. He will never change. If that is where your hope is built, you won't have high blood pressure when dollar rate is going down or going up, as the case may be. Praise God. <laughs> I said, praise God. Let's look at another one on the, 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 the list of the proffer of a kingdom addict. A kingdom addict is crazy about the word. It's crazy about the word of God. It's crazy about the word of God. A kingdom addict is crazy about the word of God. In fact, a kingdom addict has a very large appetite for the word. Very large appetite for the word. In Matthew chapter 4, when you read verse 4, it was a temptation of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus had fasted 40, 40 days and 40 nights, and then the, the, Satan came to tempt him. And in the first temptation, because Satan thought Jesus would be so fixated on you know, relieving himself and you know, quenching his hunger and thirst and all that, that his life would be all about himself. Then he threw out that temptation. If you are the son of God, turn this stone to bread. Now you are hungry. Turn this stone to bread. Jesus looked at, at, at the devil. He said it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. Not at all. I hope you understand what I'm saying. He didn't say man shall not live by bread at all. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word. There's one thing you can do without. That is bread. But there's another thing that you cannot do without, that is the word. Because the state of a man's spirit is what determines his real physical well-being and emotional well-being. And the word of God is food to the spirit of the man. Jesus said, I would rather be filled spiritually and hunger physically. Because my body is sustained by my spirit. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What is your disposition to the written word of God? What is your disposition to the spoken word of God? How do you interact with the word of God on a daily basis in your life? It's extremely important. Because without continuous interaction with the word, without the word of God having a right place in your life, without an appetite for the word of God, you're not a kingdom addict. You cannot be a kingdom addict. There's a place for the word in the life of every believer. We cannot do without it. It's the, it's the food for our spirit. And if you treat the word of God anyhow, thinking it really doesn't matter, it's just a Bible, or it's just... It will have resultant effects in the kind of life that you live. Yeah, it will. It will. It will. It will have a resultant effect in the kind of life that you live. In 1 Peter chapter 2, when you read verse 2, the Bible says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As newborn babes desire, desire. The key word for me there is desire, desire. That's the key word for me. On your way to becoming a kingdom addict, the, word, the desire for the word of God is very key. 
extremely key. By the time you have lost the desire for the word of God, you, you are literally on life support spiritually. Yeah. You know there's something that can agitate any mother about a child that has lost appetite for food? In fact, one of the ways you know that a child is dealing with one kind of infirmity or the other, sickness or the other, is the lack of ability to eat. I mean, loss of appetite. Because uh, um, when we are okay, we should have appetite. Am I saying the truth? Somebody that is okay should be able to feel the hunger pangs and know how to get food. The moment, spiritually, you've lost the ability to feel the hunger for the word of God, you're on the downward trend. In fact, you have gone south as far as the spirit is concerned. You are in a state where the enemy can deal with you anyhow. You are already losing your connection with Jehovah God. And you must understand that today. Because through the things of the physical, we understand the things of the spirit. We do. We do. The invisible attributes of God are understood through the things, the visible attributes. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20 says the invisible attributes of God can be understood through the visible attributes. So from the physical things, we understand spiritual things. The moment you are losing appetite for the word of God, you are losing grip on the kingdom of God. As newborn babes, it says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. Somebody may have been asking the question, God, why have I not grown beyond this point since I gave my life to Christ? I'm still lying. I'm still doing this. I'm still, I cannot really say I'm, a, I'm addicted to the kingdom of God. And please mind you, we're using the word addiction in this sense in a very positive manner. Because there's no other thing to be addicted to in this world than to be addicted to the will of God and the purpose of God for our, for, for our world today. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? Appetite. A large appetite for the world. A large appetite for the world. A kingdom addict has a large appetite for the word of God. A large appetite for the word of God. Always thinking about the word. Psalm 119 and verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Look at what the apostles say in Acts chapter 6 and verse number 4. It says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Continually. Acts chapter 6 and verse number 4. There were murmurings in the church, you know, and all that. I mean, these guys were, you can say they were pastors. They were also, you can also say they were entrepreneurs. Because they were, quote unquote, into some bit of social entrepreneuring. Healing the sick and doing stuff, you know, all around for people. And when they seem to be distracted, because somebody may be here this morning, you're running from pillar to post, pillar to post, looking for proposal, looking for contract, looking for... You want to live a life where God will take charge of those things for you? Then focus on what is important to God. They decided, I mean, the disciples of Christ, the apostles, the early apostles, they said, look, we will not get caught up in all those stuff. You know, because as an entrepreneur, uh, sometimes you get so bogged down with administrative stuff you, you, you start to, you know, lose your grip emotionally. You start to lose your grip spiritually. You think really and truly because some things are working in your hand, the more you walk, 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 that will make them walk more. In some sense, it's good to walk 
and diligence is very key. It's, a, it's an attribute of uh, a kingdom addict. But I need you to understand that you need to be diligent in the right directions. They said we will not leave the word of God and serve tables. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer. Kingdom addiction prayer. Prayer that will bring progress to the kingdom of God. Prayer that will bring progress to people's lives. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Sitting down with the word. Hearing the word. Interpreting the word. Having a desire for revelation knowledge. Desire. I was speaking at the university campus over the weekend. And you know I was sharing with them how you should learn how to get revelation from God early in life. And the fact that where I am today is because I had access to revelation knowledge early. When you cannot sit with the word of God and gain revelation knowledge on your own, because you are used to the word, you know how to digest the word, you can find direction and solution to the things you are going through in life, you will... There will be a lot of moving around in, 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 you know, in circles. And you will not cultivate another man's field. I said you will not cultivate another man's field. Because it's tragic for somebody to you know, just do something, abandon it. Somebody else takes, takes over the stuff and the thing is blossoming and you have moved to something else. Because you, you didn't know what to do. And it was because there was no revelation knowledge. That's how some people are living their life. You start something, it's not really working, you move on. And somebody picks it up, and the person is enjoying life, and then you are struggling somewhere, and then you spend another five to ten years doing that one, and then why not just sit down and walk based on revelation? And it's when you become a kingdom addict, you know that I will miss my way in life except God is holding my hand. Yeah, that's the mantra of a kingdom addict. Everything that touches the heart of God must touch my heart. We said last Sunday that souls are important to God until souls are important to you, you are not a kingdom addict. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? Let me, let me pick another one, another profile of a kingdom addict. Kingdom addicts enjoy authority in heaven. And by authority in heaven, we mean that their voice, their voices can be heard in heaven and it makes effect on this planet heart. Kingdom addicts enjoy authority in heaven. It's important for us to note that the power of God is given to us to manifest upon the face of the earth. But today it looks like that power is no longer available. It looks like Christianity is losing the real essence of Christianity, the manifestation of the power of God. And it's because we're having less people who are addicted to the will of God and to the purpose of God and to the kingdom of God. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4 and verse 33, the Bible says, And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Do you want to see great power and manifestation in your life? You have to be someone who understands the purpose of the power. The purpose of the, what's the purpose of God's power? To raise the dead, to heal the sick, and what's the purpose of all that? What, what, to what end? Because if you don't know the purpose, 
You may never understand what to do to see the power in manifestation. And like I said, we're having minimal power manifestation today because we have lost the focus on the purpose. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be what? Witnesses unto me. The purpose of the anointing, the power of God is for witnessing. It's not for show. Witnessing. It's for the salvation of souls. If you are still comfortable about people who don't know Jesus hanging around you and you refuse to say anything to them and you cannot find a connection between the power of God working in your life and your ability to reach out to somebody that is not saved, you may be far from God's power for a long time. Many people are praying dangerous prayers like they call it today, but yet nothing is happening. Because God says, with all this you're shouting and all that, there's nothing that touched my heart that you have engaged in in a long time. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. God is not so moved by your passion of, uh, you know, all this spiritual gymnastics. He just wants simple obedience. The purpose of power is to be a witness. Wherever you see people being drawn to the kingdom of God, the power of God will be a manifestation. Do you want to see the power of God in manifestation in your life? Open your mouth and talk about Jesus. Very simple. Yeah. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. That was, you know, Paul bragging. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. I'm not ashamed. You can't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus and experience the power of Jesus. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm listening. <laughs> I know the house is quiet, but I know we're listening. I am comforted in the fact that we're listening. And if it looks like your neighbor is um, losing interest, tell your neighbor this is important. Too. <laughs> praise God. I said, praise God. We need the power of God in manifestation in our lives. Enough of, you know, coping with sickness, coping with disease, coping with, uh, you know, with losses in business, coping with this, coping with that. When the power of God and the favor of God is a manifestation in your life, your life is on the upward trend. And one thing that brings all that into your life is your commitment to the things that touch the heart of Jesus. The things that touch the heart, heart, heart of Jesus. When you are committed to that, the power of God will be a manifestation in your life. There are certain prayers you won't have to pray at all. But the moment we leave church this morning, and the next time anything about God occurs to you is next Sunday, you are not there. And you need to tell yourself the truth. You need to tell yourself the truth. And I need to let you know, this is not the kind of church where you can just come and um, you'll just be coming, Sha. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying that in our own parlance here. You can't just be coming. We are not a social gathering. This is not a club. I hope you understand what I'm saying. No. This is the church of the living God. The ground and the pillar of truth. Where the Holy Ghost is present all the time. It's a place of transformation. We have come to Mount Zion, the city of God. A company of innumerable uh, number of angels. To the spirit of just men made perfect. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. That may look like, uh, you know, Bible words. But all that we're saying 
I was quoting from the book of Hebrews. All I'm saying is that when we come to the presence of God, we have come to a place of encounter. And that encounter must register in your life. And where it registers is a transformation of the human heart and, the, and your emotion. And your worldview. Enough of laughing with people who are going to hell. Talk to them. Let the things that are important to God be important to you. Don't posture as somebody who can cope. Before you know it, their darkness will drown your light. Be light indeed. Shine your light and see Jesus manifest in your life. When you shine your light, is it, there's no better place to shine our light than a nation like Nigeria. Where you don't have to look for darkness. No, that's the truth. Truly and truly, do you have to? You don't have to. It's all around you. Yeah. It's all around you. All around you. All around you. Get into your office tomorrow, you see darkness all over. Yeah. You get on the road, you see, you see people who need help. The moment you choose to close your eyes to the things that touch the heart of God, you have closed your life to the power of God. You have closed your life to the power of God. The power of God only flows. God is not prodigal concerning his power. He's not. He's not. Not by any chance. He's not. He's not. God is not prodigal concerning his power. When Jesus sent us his disciples, the Bible says he sent them out two by two. In Matthew chapter 10. And he told them, freely you have received, freely give. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. He was not missing word to the effect that the power of God will be a manifestation in their lives as they mind the things of the kingdom of God. And the Bible says, they went everywhere and preached. The Lord working with them with great signs following. If God has never healed the sick through you, it's because you don't want to be an instrument, not because God's power started failing. No. You lay your hands and say a prayer. And tell somebody the power of God is available. I believe, so I'm releasing it over you. If you have never seen God transform the human heart before, it's because you have not positioned yourself to be used. You just call somebody and challenge somebody tomorrow. We have conversational starters that the ushers will give out after this service. Use it to challenge somebody. And see whether God will touch their heart or not. I've been in a situation before where I didn't put any pastor thing on my head. Someone just asked a question or we're just chatting and you bring, you know, you bring the word of God in and the whole place just goes quiet. You know, there's a way darkness reacts to light. If you don't know, try something. I'm not trying to make you religious. But you go into a public reception. Just try it, maybe in the next week. And have the Bible, be reading the Bible. Everybody that will pass, they will look at you. But take Time Magazine and be reading it. See if they will look at you. There's a reaction in the spirit. There's a reaction. Is it that they're looking at you thinking you are religious or just thinking you are strange? Whichever one is a spiritual reaction. What is it about the Bible 
that they are always reacting so sharply to. It looks like an encyclopedia, carry an encyclopedia, see if they will react. I hope you understand what I'm saying. There's something about it that it just reacts to. It's, it's a spiritual reaction. Everyone is ditchy. Somebody is being set free. Somebody is understanding the power and the will of God. The, uh, uh, you know, hell starts to become jittery about it. Are you still with me today? Tell your neighbor, it's time to focus on the word of God. That's the pathway to growth. Praise God. I said, praise God. You will enjoy a new level of spiritual authority if only you will make what touches the heart of God touch your heart. The power of God is for witnessing. It's for witnessing. You go out there, you talk to somebody about Jesus, you see the power of God in manifestation in your life. You see it in your life. It's not whether... That's why, you, you know... When you see healing crusades, you see power of God like never before. Some people are even baffled that what's happening around here. And it's because God wants to win souls. Because that's what it's meant for. When you use something for what it's meant for, you get the greatest results you can get. Lastly, this morning. A kingdom addict. Or kingdom addicts are attractive and contagious. Attractive and contagious. Ask your neighbor for me, are you a contagious believer? Part of the ways you know if you're a contagious believer is if anyone has asked you a question about Jesus since this year started. If anybody has asked you for prayer, if anybody has asked you for advice on spiritual things, on kingdom things, on how their life is going to get better. You may be contagious in business because you have results and people ask you how to grow their own business. But it's different from somebody asking you, how can I make sure I don't miss heaven? The two different things. The first one is good. There's nothing bad in it. Because it, it gives a platform for you to also speak to them about the kingdom. Yeah. In fact, anything that good that is working in your life, you must always attribute them to the kingdom of God first. That's the only way to shine the light of God. That's the way to be contagious. A kingdom addict is contagious. A contagious believer. It's a sneezer of the kingdom of God. It sneezes and people catch the virus, the kingdom virus. You get into a place and you, you have not even said anything. People are already putting themselves together. Not because they know that you go to church or that you're a pastor or anything. There's just something about you that is lighting up the whole place. Glory be to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5, when you read from verse 13 uh, down to 16, Jesus had this to say. He says, you are the light, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set upon a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, which is what we do mostly today. But on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The Lord bless the reading of his word. As we round off this teaching this morning, I need you to understand 
That the Bible says no man lights a candle and put it under a basket. But that's what most of us do. That's what most of us do. You don't need an appellation before your name. You don't need brother or pastor, evangelist or anything for your light to shine. I'm a pastor, I'm an ordained pastor, but I go into places and people ask, what's your name? My name is Godman Akinlavi. Yeah, and we start to talk. You don't even, uh, before, but as we're talking, after a while you ask me, are you a Christian? Yes. Because you would have known. Because in my views and in the discussion, you already know where it's tilting to us. And as you ask me, I ask you your own too. In fact, if you don't ask me earlier, I'll ask you first. Are you a Christian? Have you given your life to Jesus? How are you living your life? Are you thinking about eternity? Do you know that this world will not end here? Do you know there's life after death? And then we can start from there. And after I was this, are you, are you a pastor? Yes. Yeah. And then maybe I can invite you to church. Why don't you come and worship with us? Since my days as an undergrad, I remember <laughs> when I was pastoring in university, I would finish with people that I met in the faculty building, invite them to fellowship, and it would be the, the, the shocker of their life to get to fellowship and see the same person preaching. Because, I mean, in my jeans and t-shirt, and just, you know, happy-go-lucky, greeting everybody, and playing with you, and then before you know it, we're discussing something about Christ, and I invite you to fellowship. And there was nothing that suggests that this guy's a pastor. And then they come to fellowship, we we'll finish worship, and somebody comes up, and they, I, I will see them tapping and say, who is that? He says, he's a pastor. He's a pastor. I say, ah, that's the guy that invited me to. I, I saw him, you know. That, I used to have that experience a lot. In fact, I was a particular young lady. I, I remember it was my engineering drawing class. The lecturer came late, and we're sitting together, and I saw that she was really very good at engineering drawing. So I was looking at her work. And after a while, you know, I started asking her questions and all that, and I see that she was becoming you know, a little bit uneasy, like I wanted to toast or anything like that. So I had to... I had to just, uh, you know, like try to put it up straight that, you know, that I'm a believer. You know, that, and started to ask her. I switched the conversation to Christianity immediately because I saw an opportunity. Switch the conversation to Christianity. Do you go to fellowship? Are you a believer? And then we started to talk. And then our countenance changed again. And then before you knew it, she had diarrhea, diarrhea of the mouth. I started to talk. How she was dating... Uh, uh, one unbelievable boy who was part of one of the occults and the boy was threatening her life and she has been trying to break out from that relationship and it wasn't working. So I told her, I said, as the Lord lives and as I'm on this campus, you will break that relationship. Because I believe God sent, I gained boldness. I said, God sent me to your life for this purpose. For this purpose. I started charging her, invited her for fellowship. That night she came to fellowship. She got to fellowship and she saw me. She broke out in tears. She never knew that I was a pastor. And that was how, till today, we're still friends. She now lives outside the country. We're still friends. In fact, today, she's married to a pastor. And the pastor of a church in the United Kingdom. Yeah. That's how the friendship started. She came to fellowship, prayed with her after fellowship, to the point that it got to a point where I had to meet the guy physically. Yeah. I had to meet the guy. I told the guy, look, she's my sister. Let my people go. (laughs) 
they that do know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. They shall be strong and they shall do exploits. What I'm telling you this morning is how I've lived my life. I was back at my alma mater over this weekend, 22 years ago, I started that fellowship. It's still there, strong. And I was telling them some of these things I shared this morning, that this was how we lived while I was here. And that kingdom addiction will never leave me. And it will never leave you if you plug into it. Enough of carrying your eyes away when you are supposed to stand for Jesus. Enough. You can't grow that way. You can't engage the power of God that way. Your Christianity will have no meaning than just what you say, as in that you are a Christian. It should be beyond that. People should be saying, oh, that person is a, is a, is a real believer. Yeah, that one. Go and meet that one. If you have a problem, that's the office to go. Yeah, go and talk to that madam there. She's not in HR, but she knows how to counsel people. Yes, that's what people will be saying. Yeah, that's what people will be saying. You are shining your light. You're telling people that Jesus lives in you. You show it in every way. Show it with your result at work. Show it with your bank account. Show it with everything. But much more, show it with the life that you are transforming. Because when it's all said and done, our rating is not that many promotions you got. If there's no connection between that promotion and the salvation of souls and the lives getting better, then anybody can get promotion. But our home, when God promotes, when God blesses us, it's a connection. That kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lift your right hand to Jesus this morning and tell him, Lord Jesus, fill my heart afresh with your spirit. Let your light shine over my life. Will somebody pledge your life again to Jesus today? To say, Lord Jesus, I want to be addicted to your kingdom. I want to be a kingdom addict. I want to be one person you can count on. The Lord was asking the question, I think in Isaiah chapter 8, who shall go for us? Who shall we send? The prophet said, here I am, send me. Is there someone here this morning? God can send you to your office. God can send you in your industry. God can send you. God can send you in that hospital. God can send you in that bank. God can send you because you are available. God wants to turn that your place of business to an embassy of his kingdom. Are you available? Will you make it available? Will you allow him to use it? Or is he just a place to make money? Father, we bless your name. Somebody lift your voice to Jesus this morning. Lord, I want my life to count. I want my life to count. I want my life to count. I want it to count. I want it to count for your, for your kingdom. I want it to count for your kingdom. I don't know about you, but I feel like somebody should pray this morning. Lord, I'm tired of just laboring and laboring and laboring without any connection to eternal life. 
As you pray that kind of prayer this morning, you see God just flooding your heart. For someone here this morning, what you have been thinking on, trying to unravel, the moment you make a connection between what you are doing and the kingdom of God, you just see things change. The moment you make up your mind, I don't want to fulfill my own purpose, I want to fulfill his purpose. I don't want to just be sorted, I want the kingdom of God to be sorted. Father, we bless your name. Father, we bless your name. I don't know who here, but someone here has been having a burden about your children. I don't know whether they're teenagers, middle-aged people, but you have been burden about your children not being saved. I don't know, but I feel God wants us to pray for such, such, such people this morning, such children this morning. Is anyone here I just want to say a prayer. Lord, I commit my children into your hand. Save their soul from hell. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer before, but it's time to pray it this morning. If you have a child here, but if you're the person I'm talking to specifically, you have been so burdened. I want you to know that God said to tell you that he has saved your children. You just, he said, just, just focus on my kingdom. He said, play your part in my kingdom. He said, nothing that is connected to you will stray from the kingdom. He said, put your heart on my kingdom. Let me use you. Let me use you. Let me use you. Let me use you. Father, we bless you today. We thank you. Lord, we pray your hand upon our children. We ask that your, your spirit will fill them up from this moment. We stand against every contention over the life of any child connected with anyone under the influence of this service, either here live or watching on the internet. We arrest the hand of the devil. Satan, we command you, lose your hold. In the name of Jesus, we command us such, such offsprings of the righteous will be led in the right direction. Father, we ask that you send angels, send people to harvest those souls but thank you father we bless you we bless you and it all starts from knowing Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior you cannot be addicted to a kingdom that you have not entered except a man be born again you cannot see the kingdom of God that's what the scripture says can I ask that we all bow down our heads just for a moment it starts